send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry so they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Welcome to the Graceful Warriors Podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then, warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, welcome to the Graceful Warrior Podcast, where I, your host, Monica Hansen, encourage you to walk your journey with God in grace and grit. Hey, I hope your Thanksgiving, or not your Thanksgiving, boy, I'm way off, right? (laughs) I hope your Christmas was bright. You had a great time with family or friends, or maybe it was just you at home and you're able to just relax, sit in your sweats, do what you want, watch your favorite show and relax like that. Hey, sometimes It's okay to be by yourself and enjoy the quietness of your lifestyle. And mine, I had a great, great time. I just hung out with uh, my husband, my son, and it was just movie, football, games, good food, and baked goodies, right? And um, hey, today I've got kind of an odd subject to talk about at this time of the year. You know, at first I was like, seriously, Lord, 
we're going to talk about this during the Christmas, the holiday season, right? And I was actually kind of struggling with this topic. I I normally am ahead of the ball game. I'm like usually two weeks ahead, always moving forward, always researching to get the next episode out and to stay ahead of the ball game. But when I felt like the Lord was calling me to do this topic, it really kind of put me in a pause. And next thing you know, I have like three days, four days to get this out. I wasn't two weeks ahead anymore. And the reason that I got behind was just the fact of the topic. And I was like, Lord, who am I to talk about such a big topic? You know, it's just like, I'm not schooled in this, this massive topic that we could take anywhere. And it is one of those where you could go down the rabbit hole and take it left, right, center field. You know, this is a big one. And I began to talk to some friends um, about it because it was just weighing on me so much. And I was letting just the topic really overwhelm me. And, and after really listening to them, I was like, okay, Lord, let's do this. And so here we are, holiday time, and the Lord has led me to talk about your spiritual battle, discerning your spiritual battle. Crazy topic during the holiday season, right? <laughs> but yet so fitting. And I'm going to dive into this topic so differently than what we are used to hearing because this is where it really caught my attention you know oftentimes you can't talk about something unless you actually have gone through it right it, it, you you can't talk out of just the knowledge of a topic you, sometimes you just got to have the experience and oh my gosh if i had the experience i'm sure many of you have had experience of spiritual battle. And so I kind of want to delve into it in new perspective. Maybe it's not new to you. Maybe you've heard this before, but I want to encourage you through your spiritual battle of who you are in Christ. All right. And what I've listened to and what I've often gathered from amongst religion from Christianity, and I mean like organized religion, that there are probably two primary errors when it comes to spiritual warfare. We're either overemphasizing it or we're underemphasizing. And you're like, well, what do you mean, Monica? Let me explain. If we're overemphasizing it, some blame every sin every conflict, every problem on demons. And then on top of that, you have underemphasizing where others completely ignore the spiritual realm and the fact that the Bible tells us our battle is against spiritual powers. You have the people, you know, don't even believe 
in heaven or hell that don't even believe in God or the devil. They can sit there and watch, you know, demonic shows and think it's all just a laugh and a game and a horror movie, you know, or those that just actually say that there is no God, there is no devil. And so they completely ignore the spiritual realm. And that's exactly where the enemy wants every one of us to be. I heard in a movie one time, and it, the quote was, the greatest trick the devil ever played on mankind was getting mankind to believe that he never existed. And man, that stuck with me. And I watched that movie like years ago, like I'm talking 10, 15 years ago. And that quote has still stuck with me. But hey, it's back to the topic now. I believe that the key to successful spiritual warfare is finding the biblical balance. And I actually, I'm going to paraphrase this story. I actually read this story on, on a Facebook page one time as I'm constantly gathering content, constantly looking at what you as the body of Christ are researching or looking up and finding out the topics of interest. And I found this story that many, many people have looked at. And I was like, okay, what is this? And it's a story about a donkey. And the owner of this donkey um, had, the, had him tied up for the night. Well, Satan comes and loose the donkey, lets him go. Well, that donkey goes and goes to the neighbor's house who is a farmer, has a crop. And that donkey stayed there all night and ate up the farmer's crop. Now, the next morning, of course, the farmer saw it and was totally angry. And the wife sees it and sees all the hard work that her husband had did to do this farm, right? And now the crops are gone. Everything's destroyed. So she devises a plan. She goes over and tells her teenage boys, their teenage boys, to go over that night and kill the donkey. She was going to handle this in her own hands. As she began to see, you know, all the destruction of the farm work and that they are now not going to have all the produce to set on the table, you know. And so she decides she's going to take the matter into her own hands. So what does she do? She sends the boys out that night. When the boys go out, they kill the donkey. Find it, shoot it, it's dead in the field. The next morning... The owners of the donkey are, are just like so saddened. This was like, this was their thing to, they traveled into town with, they used this donkey to take care of all the work on the uh, in their property and everything. So the wife is like, hmm, we're going to get back. And so she goes in and tells her kids, tonight I want you to go set fire to the farmer's house. 
and burn it down. And we'll show them, you don't take my animals. Well, here's the deal is that the farmer actually was going into town. He ended up, when he found out that his crops were gone, he threw his backpack on and started walking into town to go buy groceries for the family since his crops were eaten. And so that night, the kids of the, the family that owned the donkey uh, were sent out and they burned the house down, not knowing that the mother and the two sons were in that house and burned the house down, killing the entire family. The farmer comes home the next morning and he sees what's happened. Totally like sad and distraught and doesn't know what to do. Well, he ends up going over to the man that owned the donkey from the get-go. Takes out his rifle, fires a shot, kills the husband. And the devil is sitting there in a rocking chair, completely invisible to all of this. Or, you know, nobody sees him. And he's laughing. And so the whole moral of the story was that all the devil did was untie the donkey to send him into the field. Everybody else, out of rage, out of anger out of revenge did what they did so see sometimes and, and the reason i bring the story up is because see sometimes all the devil has to do is release something and us as mankind we take it and we run with it and so it's just a little story that i read and i was like wow that really like stuck it really I got it. I was like, okay, it is a matter of discerning our spiritual battle. And we know that the spiritual battle is, it's always raging in the heavenlies. It's always around. But our tendency is to focus on the physical situations that we see, you know, like the farmer saw that his crops was out he was the only one that actually did right and instead of turning around and lashing out at the owner of the donkey he ended up going into town to just to go provide for his family ultimately losing his entire family his crop his home but he did right and we focus on the physical situations that that we see which can cause us to lose sight of the spiritual reality. Here's an example. You remember the story of Elisha? It's in 2 Kings. Um, and Elisha's servant, um, he comes out in the morning after they slept in, I think it's Dothan or Dothan, however you say that city. Elisha's servant comes out in the morning, out on the patio and stretching out kind of, oh, you know. Oh, nice sleep, right? Looking at the sunshine. And all of a sudden he looks out and he sees the Aramean army surrounding them. 
because they were the king sent them to go hunt down Elisha because Elisha was given the battle plans to Israel so that they could see what the Aramean army was doing. And of course, Elisha's servant runs back in and he's like, oh my gosh, you would not believe this. We are surrounded by the Aramean army. Well, Elisha had walked with God so much that Elisha began to walk through faith. He walked by faith, not by sight. And it is the same as what we are supposed to do. And so in order to give context to what Elisha saw, he prayed to the Lord God Almighty and asked that his servant's eyes would be open. And of course, they were. And Elisha's servant's eyes are opened up and he sees, you know, that, oh my gosh, that, that the army that was there from the heavens, chariots of fire and horses that were on fire and the angels and the army was greater, greater than what they stared down below. And so... It really is a matter for us to actually walk by faith and, and, and to not go into those woe is me moments because we're going through something. Now, oftentimes when we do, when we're going through something, we, Satan, Satan's ultimate goal is to get us to blame everything on the physical realm. If he could get you to blame your boss, blame your coworker, blame your spouse, blame your finances, blame the sickness and illness, everything that we can physically touch, our physical flesh. If he can get you to blame everything in the natural, then we will try to fight it with natural weapons. When all along it was spiritual. We're not using the right weapons to fight the spiritual battle that we're in. And that's what the enemy wants to do. And the enemy we know is Satan and his hordes of demon. And if you have your Bibles or if you're listening to this podcast and um, I see everybody over there that is listening over there on Spotify and Good Pods, and I thank you for your support and, and giving me the opportunity just to share the Word of God with you, and I hope it is inspiring. I hope you come back again, and you can always leave me uh, comments on Spotify. I leave you questions to just, hey, think about them after this episode, or, you know, this is what I, I drew from the study, because every study is for me as well. And um, after every episode, you can go in there and post your comments and, you know, leave me a, a review, um, give me a star so we can get the algorithms going and um, we could reach all across the United States and share this good news. All right. And um, if you can, if you could share it with your family and your friends, um, your loved ones, and let's get this podcast out there for all to be encouraged to walk with God in grace and grit. All right. So if you have your Bibles, I want to look over at Ephesians chapter 6. 
And I want to start um, in verse 10. And Paul writes this, this chapter and this section that we're going to look at right now. And here's what I want to emphasize is that Paul had to come out and tell us the, the church in the future. He had to come out and say, hey, check it out. You have an enemy. And he's going to tell you right here as we search these scriptures and read these scriptures, he's going to tell you that your enemy has a plan. And he tells you, but wait, I'm going to tell you what you have, your benefits, what the key that, that God has given you to unlock all the weaponry to be able to fight against the devil, your enemy. You have an enemy and he comes in here and he says, first of all, body of Christ, you have an enemy. And it is not against flesh and blood, but I'm going to tell you who your enemy is. See, it is an enemy that they rule. They are rulers. They have authority. They, they have powers of the dark world. And they are spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He's telling you about, look, this is your enemy. And one thing I could say to you is that oftentimes, even as our blessed United States military, we are not told what type of enemy we have. We just know to go to war against a country, to stand our ground against a country. And that's all we know. But right here, believers, is that Paul takes the time and he says, first of all, you have an enemy. And then he tells you what kind of enemy that you have. But believers, there's some good news to this, these verses that we're going to read. And Paul decides to tell us at the very beginning in verse 10. He says, finally, believers, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not just be strong in the Lord and in his power. No, he says in his mighty power. And then he tells you, he says, hey, you have to put on the full armor of God because something's about to happen and I'm about to tell you something. And he says, so put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So Paul tells you right there, warrior, believer, brother and sister in Christ, that the enemy has schemes. Boy, don't we know that when we see somebody that is not walking when they're with the Lord, they're always scheming, right? Always finding a way to go around the way, the truth, and the life. To always, always cheat the system, right? And then he says, let me tell you something else. Verse 12, for your struggle 
is not against flesh and blood. It is not against your, your spouse. It is not against your boss. It is not against your brother or sister, your, your siblings. It's not against your family. It's not against any of that. But it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, let's take a look at, at just those verses right there. We know right, right away that the demons against the rulers. They have some type of ruling. It's a temporary ruling that they have right now in the spiritual realm. It says against authorities. They have, they have been granted some type of temporary authority in the spiritual realm. They, they are given powers of what? This dark world. They, they do not have power in the light, but they have power in the dark world. Do we walk in the dark world? Yes, we walk on earth. It is carnal. But let's go on. And then it says, body of Christ, it says, uh, the spiritual forces of evil. These are your enemy. And, and these spiritual forces are in the heavenly realms. And where do they work? In this dark world. In the heavenlies. But if we go back to verse 10, at the very beginning, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 13, therefore, I just told you who your enemy was. I told you to stand in God's mighty power. Then I told you, hey, you've got to put this full armor of God on to take a stand against your enemy who schemes. And then not only that, but your, your enemy is not against flesh and blood. And then he goes through what we just read. So then Paul comes back and he says, okay, so I need you to do something. I need you to put on this full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything else to stand. And then he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then Paul ends it and says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And then he says, and then one more thing, believer, with all this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so I want to encourage you 
that no matter what we go through, no matter what we see, you, you know, I was listening to Priscilla Shire. I was listening to a couple of studies and watching a couple of videos uh, that she was doing while I was trying to get some perspective on this study. And one thing that I really caught on was that Satan knows what God's word says about you and me. And so I ask you, do you know what God's word says about you and me? If you cannot say that you know what God's word says about you, then you need to get into the word because your enemy knows what God's word says about you. And if you and if you don't believe it and if you don't care, the enemy cares. He believes what what the word says about you because he knows that God's word is truth. And when he sees you and me, and especially if you know your identity in Christ, if you can walk down the, the valley of the shadow of death with your shoulders back, your chin up, he is shaking in his boots. Not because of you, because we ain't nothing without Christ. We couldn't stand a chance against him without the Lord. But it's because of who lives inside of you that we have the victory. See, you have to know that you know that you know your identity in Christ. Priscilla Shire was sharing a story that really impacted me. And I want to I wanna, um, paraphrase this story that she shared. Uh, if you don't know Priscilla... Shire. Uh, she's a great woman of God. She's a, she's a speaker. She's an author. Um, she, she travels around. Um, she, she's just, she's excellent. She speaks on many subjects, but especially spiritual battle. I absolutely love when she talks about spiritual battle. And so um, she brings in an awesome story about a fishing trip in Texas. And so I'm going to share that story with you uh, right after this commercial break. We are here to defend democracy for the people. All right, so Priscilla Shire, she's from Dallas, Texas. She's been there. She's raised her family. She's got some boys, and she's in a place where she could go take her boys every now and then and go fishing. And she begins to tell this story about she goes over to her friend's house and has access to a fishing boat, uh, one of those aluminum or, or fishing boats that just everybody jump in, 
it suffices the the whole use of just going out on the little lake area and go fishing it suffices and the boat is stored um upside down as you should so that nothing fills the boat the rain whatever and it fills up and so it would take like a lot of strength to flip that thing over so you keep it upside down so nothing gets in well she begins to talk about how as she flips this boat over she already knows that there's going to be something underneath it's it's a dark environment it's moist under there there's covering from the elements you know so you know, she flips this over. She's like, I know something's going to be under there. It could be whether it's a mouse or, you know, um, any type of crazy four-legged critter under there. On top of the slithering snakes, lizards that are in Texas. And you're just like, oh my gosh. It provides the perfect environment, right? But if you flip it over, then you can get into the boat and get into the water and do what you're going to do, right? And so she said that as she flips the boat over, nothing could get in. It is right side up. So nothing could get in. But if we are right side up, it is like us. Sometimes we allow our lives to to be upside down because we are paying attention to the things going on in the world and we let things slither in and out of our lives. We set the perfect environment to allow the enemy to come in and scheme in our life, to attack us in, at the moment that we don't expect it. We let the enemy look for that perfect moment when we are either, we're knocked down you know, or you're just, maybe you don't have your, all of your armor on today. Maybe you only put on the breastplate of righteousness today, but you didn't put anything else on because you're like, I got this, you know, that you only grab your sword thinking that that's all you need today. And so the enemy is looking for that perfect moment to slither into your life. But when you flip that boat over, when you flip your life over and you're right side up and you live righteously for the Lord, nothing could get in because, see, you are living for the Lord God Almighty. Make sense? And so she was sharing a little bit of that story. And I was like, wow. God's righteousness is something that we need to, to let in and to not create an environment where the enemy could get in at any moment. And you're like, well, Monica, how in the world can I do that? Because I am human and we fail or we mess up. We still have sin in, your, in our lives. And, you know, and I would say to you listening today, hey, I'm right there with you. We all mess up. Because we're still here on earth. But, uh, you know, if we keep short accounts with the Lord God Almighty, and the minute that the Lord puts it on your heart of, hey, 
this is wrong. Hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Hey, you shouldn't be watching this. This hurts me when you do this. You need to get rid of this sin in your life. You shouldn't have told that lie that we repent right away and we make it right with the Lord to keep short accounts with him. And we constantly have to put on, that's what Paul says. We need to put the armor of God on. We need to be able to understand that, you know, Paul was saying, it's interesting that Paul put this from the perspective of looking at the, the Roman soldier and seeing the things, each piece of his armor that he had to put on. And if a Roman soldier has to put on the breastplate of righteousness, and there has to be good reason to see to put on that breastplate on this, the Roman soldier, he had to protect his heart. The most valuable thing that gave life without protecting that, that organ, your life is done. You could get a spear straight through the heart. You could be stabbed in that dagger straight through the heart. But see, if we put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is walking a holy life to keep everything out, to not let the enemy have a, a way to slither in, to not create an environment where it's it's perfect environment, it's dark, it's moist, uh, you know, it's damp in this environment. We can allow the critters to come in. We can allow the, the enemy to come in and attack and, and to perform every scheme that he has in his bag of schemes to come out you. See, that's why we have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. It is righteousness is to is a calling to be holy because God is holy. It is a call. Now, it doesn't mean that we walk around and we're condemning everybody and, and we're calling out this, that, and the other. No, he says, be ye holy because I am holy. He's telling you to be holy. You follow after the Lord. We are an image of the Lord. It's putting a mirror up in front of you and saying, you are a representation of Christ. Are you living righteously? Are you living a holy life? And so, you know, part of being a believer that the enemy wants to do to us is to get you to forget that you have all of these benefits giving to you, that you have a spiritual armor in the heavenly realms. Because, see, you can't fight the enemy with physical weaponry. You'll lose. It's, a, it's no match. It's like a 90-pound person going against a 360-pound and heavyweight champion of the world wrestling match. you just not going to win it, right? <laughs> you know, it is having the keys that God gives you 
to the kingdom because you are an heir in the kingdom of heaven. You are a son or daughter, heir to the kingdom. So you have access to all of the benefits. You have access to the armor room and you have a helmet of salvation in there. You have a breastplate of righteousness in there. You have the belt of truth. And then you have shoes fitted to your feet to take the gospel everywhere. You have a shield of faith to, to put out every flaming arrow, fiery dart that would come at you from the enemy. And see, and then you also have this sword, this sword that is probably eight to 10 inches tall and probably four or five inches wide. And it is something that you should carry with you every time the church doors are open and it is called the word of God. It is your dagger. It is your sword. It is something that you need to hide in your heart that you might not sin against God. See, your, your shield of faith will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And isn't that amazing? So see, you have this shield that God gives you, which is your faith. And if you are not walking with the Lord every single day, if you are not taking your journey with the Lord every single day, and if you are not learning about your Lord, your God, your friend every single day, then how can you have a shield of faith to put out every flaming arrow and fiery dart that comes at you? Because you won't know your friend. You won't know your God. And it's interesting, you know, they that we, as we go through the armor of God, it is what you have your helmet of, of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, your belt of truth, the shoes, the shield, the sword. Paul talks, and Paul talks about six things in here that so many of the body of Christ across the world, preachers, pastors, evangelists. They talk about six things in the armor of God that God gives you. But after listening to Priscilla Shire talk about the armor of God in our spiritual battle, now I, I agree with her. There's actually seven. Seven, what is, means what, the, uh, for those that follow the numbers, seven is the number of the Lord. Seven pieces of armor. And Paul goes on to say, and pray. After you take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul comes back out and he goes, oh yeah. And one of the most important things to do, which is part of your weaponry, which is part of your benefits is to pray. And he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So we have to learn all kinds of prayers. 
we constantly go to Lord and we're asking, 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 asking. But where's the prayers where we are fighting in that spiritual battle? And we are coming against and we're pulling down strongholds because God has said that no, no matter what Paul is saying right here about who our enemy is, that God also says, but not only have I told you who your enemy is and what the enemy is about, but I have given you all authority and all power over every evil thing in this world and even in the spiritual realm. And isn't that that isn't that what we need? Isn't that I mean he he didn't say, hey, I'm gonna give you some power and some authority over all of this. No, the Lord says, I have given you all power and all authority to where see the demonic, your enemy, he only has some power. They they have power that we already read, they have power, they have authority over the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. They only have power in that. But we find out that God says, I have given you all power and authority over every evil thing. Jesus says that when we resist the enemy, that he has to flee. Because he sees Jesus in you and in me. And so I want to encourage you that if you are not walking with the Lord and you're just like, hey, I need the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. I am sick and tired of being schemed at by the enemy i'm sick and tired of the enemy attacking me i'm sick and tired of the way life is then i would encourage you just to to acknowledge that jesus died for your sins that yes that you are a sinner and that you would turn from your lifestyle which that's what it means to repent turn from your lifestyle turn around and say i'm done doing this I want forgiveness of all this. I want the Lord God in my life. And give your heart to the Lord. And he will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And it's as simple as saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me from all of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me, make me clean. And be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. And hey, if you have said that prayer, I would encourage you to email me at warriorsofgod70 at gmail.com. And I will send you something right back. 
and um, leave me your, your mailing address and we will get something over to you if you have accepted the Lord through this podcast. And we would say, welcome, brother or sister in Christ. Welcome to the kingdom of God. And now put on your armor. All right. So I hope that gave you somewhat of an understanding of spiritual warfare. And not everything we face is spiritual. Sometimes it's just unkind people filled with ugliness or their own mental state. But at the same time, we cannot walk around blind to the spiritual war always going on in the heavenlies. The key is simply to walk in the spirit and listen to the voice of the Lord in all things which requires us to spend time with the Lord. Whether you believe it or not about what the word of God says about you, Satan knows what it says. And he believes it because he knows God's word is truth and God's word will never return void. Well, until next week, have a blessed week. Put on the full armor of God. And remember, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. God always says in Jeremiah 51, 20, I leave you with this. You are my battle axe and sword, says the Lord. With you, I will shatter nations and destroy many kingdoms. Jeremiah 51, 20. Hey, thanks for joining me on today's episode of Discerning the Spiritual Battle. Hope I have given you some perspective and encouraging words. And until next week, have a blessed rest of your week. Well, as our time together comes to a close, remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey with constant growth and transformation as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate. And share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. Until next time, keep your hearts open and your spirits abound.